Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I am a licensed clinical mental health therapist and also a licensed clinical addiction specialist. But I have also been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that is so easy to fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe and live and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. And I want to help people get there by healing from the dependency, the codependency, the trauma bonding, and the abuse. The healing process brings us through those long-standing false perceptions that held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Today, I have the honor of hosting a remarkable individual whose life journey is a testament to resilient faith and the transformative power of healing. My guest today, Marina Carrier has navigated through the depths of trauma and abuse, emerging as a source of hope for others on similar paths. Marina's early years were marked by challenges most of us can barely imagine. Yet through the twists and turns of life, Marina found herself on a journey guided by a higher purpose. Baptized as a baby, she defied the odds passing through school and thanks to what she refers to as God's provision, pursued a career in teaching. Her story is one of divine care, of enabling learning for those who have deemed to have learning difficulties. Today, Marina shares her story of faith, healing, and the unraveling of the suffering from her early years. With a newfound understanding of trauma and PTSD, her journey led her to extend compassion and a desire to bless and serve others burdened by lovelessness and shame. Marina, Welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I wish I could articulate it just as easily as that. Thank you. I am very interested in your story, and I was wondering if we could start with you sharing about your near-death experience at the age of nine and how that might have shaped your journey of healing from toxic abuse. The the, the near-death experience was when um, my f- stepfather... Um, he, he used to go to the pub and drink. The relationship between him and my my mother were, was not good. And he came back and wanted to use my body. And I 
tried to stop him. And he silenced me. And that was how he got his satisfaction. Um, and I mean, it, it was soul destroying. So if anything like that has happened to you, you know, don't be ashamed. Uh, you've been carried. If you're still here, you've been carried. Um, and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes love, God's love, to actually be able to face it. So it was significant because really it destroyed my soul. You know, I was not able to assert my will for this not to be happening. And when I was asked by God to listen to my pain, um, 12 years ago, um, anyway, 2012, 2013, um, and he finally blessed me to face my pain and to, to honor it in a sense. I, that's how I see it. That's actually how I see it. Because when we face our pain, he comes in and we we know, you know, what we what we need to do in faith. We know we need to forgive, we know we need to confess, we know all those things. But this is a some it's a sort of deeper thing because we're actually going into our soul, you know, and our soul, souls, you know, have been semi-destroyed. And they need God's healing. It, I mean, it was an amazing experience to actually be able to articulate even one of the poems in in the um, Treasures of Darkness book. You know, actually art articulates the in unborn child knowing that she was not wanted and unloved. It's awesome. I mean. You know that truly we are beautifully and wonderfully made. I mean, I, it it blows my mind, you know, to 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 be aware and to you know how God has carried me. Because I said, but to God, why, why did it? You allow it? Why did it happen? And there was no answer to the why, but He did say, I couldn't stop it because I have given people free will. And this is really important for us because we, our will for good is broken. You know, I hate, humanly, I hated God for allowing this to happen. But I had this divine image in me. What made you understand? How did you come to that understanding? I think I, think I had a divine revelation. Because I had a, a memory of the divine, divine revelation sometime later. And I realized that he'd come back from the war, he'd suffered, you know, and uh, th there was a, a bad relationship between him and my mother. Um, and he needed to be loved. But I knew that what he was doing was not love. I'd got to that point um, and, and wanted to stop him, you know. So... Um, and knew it wasn't love for me either. I mean, that was the lie he told me. I ha my sister tells me I I went through a period of depression. You know, when I was nine, I'd been failing at school, and all my <clears throat> results were you know she can do better and all that sort of stuff. 
And I was carried, you know, really. I was carried. And um, so I passed what in England it was at that time was called the 11 plus. And um, so in my last year at school, I had a boyfriend who was older than me and used to study at the library. And he used to take me with him. So I learned how to study. And he taught me how to reduce because I was terribly dyslexic. Nobody knew. In those days, nobody knew. Um, and uh, he taught me how to study and reduce my notes to two pages. And uh, I that was how I got through. So I I was enabled. This is what I meant by you know, God's providence, God's care in amazing ways. You speak about how facing pain and darkness brings more light and integrity. Can you elaborate on how confronting the darkest moments in your life has contributed to your personal growth and healing? It, it wasn't exactly a decision. <laughs> it was more like God pushing, uh, uh, oh, uh, squeezing me into this, you know, I... I I thought I was going to become a nun, and then the monasteries that I used to go to in in um, Switzerland, in uh, not Switzerland, in France. Um, I went to see the abbess and told her what was going on, and she said, "This is not doing you any good. You need to get out." <laughs> but of course, she didn't tell me what I had to do. So that was when I was in this like. I, I I have a word called flobbing, which means yeah, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I finished up being offered a tiny cottage in Wales, which was not in my plan at all, um, but it was in God's plan. And so I'd sold the house that I was in. I was like I was being held in God's hands, but I was kicking and scream, screaming. I didn't want to face this pain. I wanted to be nice and secure and in my place. Boom, boom, boom. And then the uh, the woman who is now the abbess, but she she was sort of one of the chief nuns at this place, who I love dearly. I'd sent her a message saying, "I'm so happy that you've been able to have an operation and have your pain removed. I wish I could have an operation and have my pain removed." And she sent me back a text and just bear this in mind dear ones if you've got a sort of uh, abiding pain in you um she said i truly believe that the way of the pain is the way of love hmm. so i i knew you know i was just it was just being confirmed that this is what i needed to do and so i think it was it it was probably on the, it might have even been the 11th of November when I started writing. I can't remember. But every morning I gave myself to listening to my heart. And what did you hear? I was told to write. So I wrote everything. You know, every day I was writing something. I just started writing. And then these, I would go into the blackness and wait. And then words or images or awareness you know would come to me and I would just write and it came out mostly like poetry um and what was happening was that things that I had n no ability to face 
But, you know, I'd had 20 years of trusting God, learning to trust God and being taught by God and being given, you know, gifts of writing and gifts of painting and making calendars and all sorts of things. I just knew that this was of God and that he was with me. What I didn't expect was to hear God's voice speaking to me and bringing healing or guidance or, you know, uh, underlining his perspective on the situation. Would you care to share any of your writings? No fire. No fire burns within, save a flickering wick of hope. And you've promised a smouldering wick you will not put out. No worldly fire draws me for more than a glance. As I descend into hell in this death, I see the barren landscape of a broken contrite heart. Here I battled with the sniper who shot down all signs of life and hope for fear of retribution. You see the relationship of mm-hmm. what he done to me? But now only silence. From so many years ago, and death reigns in the pain. Come, Holy Spirit of truth. Nothing separates me from your truth. And Jesus, you descend with me. Now you see the degree of faith there is right yeah that's beautiful and then it says hope with a star blessed are those that mourn yet my god my god why did you abandon me if i can just touch your cloak i will be healed and all will be well and then through you know spiritually touching christ's cloak it says holy lord i forgive Help thou my unforgiveness. And then I'd written as an immediate reflection. As I wrote the above darkness and owned it, you know, felt it. The love of God led my spirit and opened doors in my heart and spirit. And in forgiving, and these were not simply words, but spiritual realities being built in my heart. Thus, life came out of death in my heart, in a being. Glory to God. And that that was just what, that was the first sort of action like that. Things, the following morning, I wrote, today I know I am more whole than I have ever been before. So it's like there just there was just a greater as I owned this death, this loss in my soul, but brought it to God. He gave me healing and new life. What does that feel like? But it seems like so many people, I mean, this is human nature to fear that kind of pain to fear facing that and going down and there's a lot of religions so i'm not sure you know what i mean how to reach everybody with that message of when you go down into that pain well maybe maybe you can say i don't know what words you use Mm -hmm. but in christianity you know we actually believe or they believe you can, you know, you can, you can depersonalize it. But it's got, there's got to be humility. 
I've now realized my first month of my what's called the lifted program, lifted journey, I call it, is actually about laying the foundations. So who are you? You know, we're, we're all children of, of God, the children of the universe, whether we accept it or not. You know, when we're meant to be united. And, and I was given, and I don't mind giving it away. I don't mind you having a copy and using it. It's a poem that I was given by God when I was making a calendar because, because of the things he taught me in this 20 years of traveling, you know, gave me writing and, and drawing skills. And, and um, because, because of a calendar that my spiritual mother had said, look, I think you should do a calendar for this area. It's actually not where he's brought me back to. I finally agreed to come back. No, I didn't agree. I've got no choice. <laughs> uh, I, I accept. <laughs> um, but, and I said, well, you know, I, there's no way I can do this, um, you know, as I usually, usually do calendars, which is me drawing nice pictures and writing nice things. Because the, the, the area at that time was in total um, refurbishment and degradation and you know flats being pulled down or refurbished and people were being moved around because it had really been a sink environment do you know what i mean by that not uh, you know, by a sink environment what does that mean um it means um you know there's a lot of drug abuse there was a lot of violence there was a lot of marital discourse there was a lot of difficulties for the children even name it, mm -hmm. you know, and and the housing was had got old and you know out of sync with with well wellness. So and where was where is this? It's it's a, an area of Edinburgh. So I prayed to God, and I knew that what I had to do was to invite people to to be involved. So I don't know whether it was my spiritual mother or me that was inspired with the title "Making All Things New." But that was the title. I mean, it didn't say Christ, because Christ said, I make all things new. But that's what it meant. So I asked various, the schools and churches and various organizations, etc., for a page, you know, for this calendar. Uh, with responding to the, um, the, the, the title. And one of the schools, she was a brilliant head teacher, and she got a group of obviously quite traumatized children. I, at that time, I didn't know about trauma and whatever. I was just living out what God was asking me to do. And um, uh, one of them painted the hospital, which is actually just over the hill from where we are. So I thought, okay, I'm going to use that. I'll take a photograph of the health centre, and then that's good, making all things new. Mm -hmm. So I'd written a poem about you know doctors and nurses and being born and you know broken legs and all that sort of stuff. And, and there was this gap. And I thought, oh, grief. This needs to be something about spiritual renewal. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It's part of my broken heart, you know. So about two days before the thing had to go to the printer, I said, I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I'm not getting off my knees until you've given me something that is going to appeal, that is going to be appropriate. And he's going to speak 
to the spiritual needs in this place. It was awesome. He gave me this recipe. I couldn't have imagined it in a million years. Mm. We started out, it said recipe for health, wholeness, and eternal life. Nice. And it started, didn't mention God at all. It said, take a mixture of work and play and mix it with a good, good spoonful of openness to learn and change. Cast out all blaming and shaming um, and mix it with a willingness to say sorry or something like that. I can't remember. I mm. think it was something like that. But it, it was all like that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I love that. Did you feel that coming through you? What did that yes. feel like? Yeah. I just well, I could by then I'd been listening listening for some time. And I had once asked for a poem in a different situation. And how do you help others get to that point? Does it usually evolve out of being forced? Do you find that you usually have to get to that point? Yeah, it, yes. It's like accepting a narrow path for a greater good. Mm -hmm. But and also feeling the pain and you talked about maybe silencing you being being silenced and shamed and then acknowledging that so how did the silencing and shame that you experienced as a child impact your understanding of yourself and your journey towards healing later on i think that whole business of um confidence and uh, and grace to go forward I mean, just for an example, when I did my PhD, which I didn't apply for, mm -hmm. this was, I was married by then and I had an adopted son and we had an adopted son. And um, so I had his straight to me. I mean, you know, the denial of myself as a woman was very, very real. Very real. Right. Um, you know, spiritually and physically, you know, because I, um, I, I had endometriosis. But with the PhD, I had no idea that what I should have done was go f take it forward and, you know, become a professor or something. Because when I was, you know, doing the PhD and the, at the d department, the men robbed me of ideas, but never honoured, never owned me. But I, I actually came to a point where I thought, well, it's important that these you know, perspectives are taken forward, you know, so I'm not going to get worried about it. So I, you know, I actually came to a a godly, if you like, uh, understanding without understanding who was making the decision in me. It's that mystery of, you know, having, being who we are. Can you talk about a time when you experienced that underlying trauma later on in life? When my husband was unfaithful and then lied to me, it was the lying, not the being unfaithful, that really finished me off. And it left me very vulnerable because, of course, it, it, it took me away from my heart and left me with the damage that my stepfather had done. So it was after, after that that um, I, I actually um, started to to realize that I'd been actually been abused. But I knew then when I was you know, breaking from my husband that I wanted integrity. Right. I mean, I'm sure it probably 
distorted your reality a little bit even more. Totally, totally. Yeah. I can remember when he told me we'd got people staying for Christmas uh, when he finally told me. And um, it was just like, you know, the, the body is an amazing thing. It was just like fireworks going off all over my body. Maybe people who have suffered trauma and, and, and suffered it afresh. You know, I was sitting on Christmas Day with all these happy people with presents and things and this paper on my knee and suddenly I went <laughs> oh, that was my only expression of my suffering wow you did you find out on Christmas Christmas Eve yes he oh, told me wow. Christmas Eve when we got people saying but <laughs> and do you know but it listen this is another you know God didn't leave me like that Suddenly the connection between me being ill at Christmas, constantly being ill at Christmas, and what had happened came together. Certainly. The idea of not trusting in princes or sons of men, that is a powerful statement. How did letting go of external validations, because it sounded like you were getting some of the validation externally, and the expectations how did that contribute to your journey of self-discovery and healing well i'm not sure whether it was self well it, i mean it was to some extent it must have been it was exceedingly difficult but it was it was god who kept underlining these in the psalms don't put your tr trust in princes nor in the sons of man and so it took i was working there for seven years and i was working very hard and I gradually came to see that I had to stand with who I had in me. Just commitment, darling child, to my will for today. Open your heart door afresh. Never assume my grace, but pray, give, and trust that I may move through you in the beauty of holiness, in grace and truth, humility and blessing, making all things new. Beauty in your icon is in the prayer and love you paint into it, and in your day and encounters, in your gentleness and compassion. Do you think that we all have the capacity to tune into that and hear that? I believe so, but it does mean humility. But it, it, it was about facing your pain, and that, that prophecy is for anybody. Do you think that the obstacle then? is not feeling the pain? I think it's running away from the pain. And I think one of the problems is that we think we know what's best for us and we think we know where our way is. And then I had to recognize I didn't know. I couldn't find peace and love. I couldn't. If we, you know, we try and make it ourselves and we're making it with our brokenness. But I've come to understand that if we do things God's way, what happens is that we turn from our sympathetic nervous system to our parasympathetic nervous system, which is what you know people tell you you need to be in your parasympathetic nervous system and able to 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 be grateful and thankful and you know and to you know serve and you know and to live a good life. I I didn't I didn't have a I mean my vagus nerve I, I think it sort of shriveled up and died <laughs> and you know, how many people have, have helped me you know re-establish 
being able to hear. But right. you can't if you've been if you've been uh, abused. If right. you've really suffered trauma, you don't have a well-functioning vagus nerve. But God's instructions are exact. Praise the Lord. You know, give yes. thanks. Um, uh, be grateful. Be humble. You know, anything prideful is not. It's fight and flight. You're right. It's our nervous system that fights us. It's that fight, flight, and freeze. Your journey to learning to love yourself. It it sounds like so many people, so many of us have to do that. Otherwise, we might be in fight, flight, or freeze as well. Can you share any specific practices for this, for, for calming yourself, for loving yourself, or any realizations that have helped you cultivate this sense of calm and trust and sense of self-love? that might extend to those around you? If I'm feeling that um, I'm being pressured or whatever, there's a number of things. Instead of getting aggressive, antagonistic, or anxious yourself, you're actually just inviting, you know, the Holy Spirit. I don't have to get into a stress because other people are treating me badly. I can stay totally trusting in who I am and know that all manner of things will be well. Very true. I'm excited to share a special announcement with all of you in the podcasting community. Our dear friend Christina Bonnet has launched an extraordinary program that's bound to resonate with many of my listeners. It's called Unfold, a holistic expedition to uncover your wisdom and deep restfulness. If you're on a journey towards balance and growth, this three-month program is tailor-made for you. Crafted with immense love and meticulous attention, Unfold integrates powerful practices such as inquiry, drawing inspiration from the work of Byron Katie, non-sleep deep rest techniques, and integral coaching. I love the concept of this. Christina Bonnet describes it as an expedition and I couldn't agree more. It's a journey designed to provide you with the best tools for your personal growth and transformation. I've had the privilege of taking a sneak peek into the program and let me tell you, it's something special. The level of care and thought that has gone into crafting Unfold is truly commendable. We all know the importance of healing from toxic abuse, and Christina's program is a source of light for those seeking holistic approaches. Whether you're familiar with methods like the work of Byron Katie or just starting to explore deep rest practices, Unfold has something for you. You can find all the details about Unfold at christinabonnet.com forward slash unfold. That's Christina Bonnet, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-B-O-N-N-E-T dot com forward slash unfold. Take a moment to explore how this program can be the catalyst for your own transformative journey and mention that you heard about it on this podcast and get an extra 10% off. Don't miss out on this opportunity to join a holistic expedition toward wisdom and deep restfulness. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. Um, Marina, can you talk about a time where you might look back and do some self-reflection a time where you might have done some things differently, maybe? At times, probably, I sent too many text messages, you know, because I needed something or was trying to say something or whatever. So I learned not to do that. But some years down the line, I had been asked to find some information out and had seen the man involved and found it out and sent a text to this person giving this information. But, I mean, he wasn't a well man and, you know, his fuse was very short. And he came storming up to me when it was outside in the garden and said, you know, just told me off for sending him a text. And I just said, oh, actually, you had asked for that information. And then I walked away so he couldn't stir up his fire again. I just gently walked away. Not in a huff. Five minutes later, he came to find me and he said, I'm sorry. Hmm. Now, the thing is, for all of us, it's about loving. And that means, you know, being this shape, vertical to what is true and gracious and pure. So, so holding that energy of love. Exactly. Because there is a lot of emphasis on self-love and self-compassion around people that are healing from, you know, from toxic abuse, because that's been conditioned away from them. They've sort of learned not to love themselves and place others first. So you're saying compassion in general. But it's compassion with action, with true action. I did put up with some, a whole lot of stuff you know, for a while, whilst I was learning, praying and learning how to deal with this, because I didn't want to play the games they played. So what I was doing was asserting love. That's hard to do. That has to be hard to do. It took me seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Following on from that, I was led to realize that the pain in my heart, the Lord showed me that this did not honor the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit of love is unity, compassion, gentleness, purity, you know, goodwill, long, long suffering. But, you know, with some sort of um, wholeness involved. And this wasn't there. So I knew I had to look because we can, this is, comes back to the princes and, and, and men bit. If we are putting our eggs all in one basket you know and looking for x person to validate us there's something wrong so i looked at my thinking and <clears throat> knew that i was afraid of this man so i said okay lord i'm you know i have sinned against you this i've separated myself from your truth what what shall i do because i actually thought i was being obedient to the situation that i'd been put in the shame 
absolutely overwhelming. It sounds me. like that brought up the shame that you needed to heal. And whatever your religion is or your faith is, go there with your higher power because you're not going to be able to heal that if it doesn't come up, right? No. And I, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I just felt it as, mm -hmm. you know, a death. And it was. Right. It's a death of something. It's a death yeah. of maybe some of that fear that you're carrying around or those, the shame or, you know, something that you learned from that abuse. It's, it's the death of that, that gets your nervous system well, engaged. That, in well, that's, a, that's a, a double death. Yeah, so, yeah. so you face the death and then you get the death of it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I would love to go on with you. I have so many more questions, but this is all the time we have for this right. one. Well, thank you so much again for joining me and for sharing so much about your story. Thank you very much. And for those seeking inspiration and a pathway to healing, Marina provides a lifeline through her online platforms. You can find her on Facebook. Um, do you want to give us your Facebook address? Well, Facebook.com, Heilwin Marina. Okay, I'll put that in the link. I'll put that. I was going to say it might be useful because Heilwin yeah. is difficult for people to spell. And I'll put the other links too as well. Okay. There's one for All YouTube right. um, and then the and then your website, overcoming.live, and which that includes a lot of valuable resources and insights for those feeling hopeless and abandoned. So I'll be sure and include those. And thank you again so much. Thank you. It's been a joy meeting you. And thank, uh, you. thank you very much indeed. And, and I just, my prayer always is for the brokenhearted. It's so re relevant to real, realize that our trauma separates the mind and the heart. And what we've been talking about is bringing those together. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or if you want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.